0: Thanks for listening to The Rebuild with me, Rob Staten. Today, I had the great pleasure in speaking to new Seahawks defensive tackle Shelby Harris. He talks openly and honestly about being part of the Russell Wilson trade, what fans can expect from him and the team in 2022, and he shares some very interesting insights into the Vic Fangio defensive scheme. You should also check out his podcast, The Shell Shock Podcast, which is available on all of the usual podcast platforms. Shelby, just to to start from the top, really, you know, what have the the last few weeks been like for you?
1: You know, it's been an interesting couple weeks. You know, off season wise, it's been a pretty normal off season. I've just been, you know, training, you know, taking vacations with the family, you know, just really spending family time, you know, with everybody. But it's been interesting, you know, being traded and you know going to a you know the Pacific Northwest to go to Seattle and and. And the culture they have up there to be able to join that, you know, it's really exciting. It's just, you know, for me, I have, a, you know, I have four kids, I'm married and, and um, it's just, it's gonna, it's, it's a different journey, I would say, because it's just, you know, it's a whole new area. I've, I've never really been in Seattle. My wife's never really been to Seattle. So it's just, uh, you know, get to, get to see, you know, a whole new environment and, you know, play on a legendary team like the Seahawks.
0: Because this must be a big period of the year for you because, you know, this is after a long season, you want to spend time with your family. You want to recharge those batteries. You're probably assuming it's going to be a pretty typical off-season where you can do all of those things. And then you're having to look for maybe a house. You may be having to look for where are you going to live in in Seattle? How is my life going to operate now that I'm in a new city? You know, what is that upheaval like?
1: Oh, you know, stressful. Uh, having, you know, all the kids and having, you know, being married, having all these kids and, and, you know, my, my family's not moving. We have a freshman in high school. So we always, you know, promised that I would never move her out of high school. I just don't think that's right. I feel like, you know, for her development growing up, that she needs to be in the same school and, and develop lifelong friendships and relationships with people that, you know, that she'll have for the rest of her life. So I'm pretty much going to be the one that's going to be up there by myself for half a year. They're gonna, you know, come back and forth, but you know, trying to look for a place that's big enough for all of us and and enough of a yard where they can run around and have some fun and and just, you know, home away from home. You know, I'm trying to make it as comfortable and you know, kind of like home as possible. And it's it's I feel like it's no secret I'm not really gonna live in Seattle like during the off season. You know, I have a, like I said, I have a full family. It's it's about them. But while we're in Seattle, we're going to make it, you know, as close to home as possible. And, you know, I will say this so far, though, you know, from all the people I've talked to and in and outside the organization it's, you know, it makes it that it, it seems like the transition is going to be really easy, simple, because, you know, they have a lot of people out there that care.
0: Because it's kind of something, I guess, that those of us on the outside can never really understand. If my... You know, I work for the BBC. If they turn around to me tomorrow and said, hi, Rob, we've traded you to the BBC in London and we need you to go there right now. And, and they've got your contract. And um, you and your wife and your kids, they, you're going to have to work this out because you're with them now, you know, and you don't get any say in it. That's most people, you know, 99.9% of the people in the world, Shelby, they don't have to deal with that. You know, this is quite a unique thing to the NFL and, and American sports in general. For example, over here in the Premier League, you have transfers, you have to negotiate a new contract with a new team. You are just told you've been traded. That is, it's unique, isn't it? It's, um, it's tough. Just because
1: um, my youngest kids are, you know, I, you know we have a freshman was but then we have a six-year-old boy, a three-year-old girl, and then a 15-month-old boy. And they've never seen me away you know they've never like I've always been there with them even if I'm at work I'm always coming home so that's for me the toughest part of this trade is being away from my family but at the end of the day though you know you got to stay positive positive. and so the positive about it is I still play football you know like it's, it's I'm still living my dream I, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing and so Obviously, it's always going to be some negative, but you got to take the positive out of it. And just being able to play football, being able to play the game I love, and, and you know, to explore. I already said when I was younger, obviously it kind of slowed down a little bit since I've been in Denver the last five years, but I always said when I was younger, the best part about the league was being able to go live in different cities and, you know, just kind of just see the culture, see how the city is, and, and just kind of embrace it. And it's kind of like you get to travel, you know, for work. You know what I mean? And so you get to be in all these different places. So I'm excited because this will be able to go around Seattle and, and just, you know, I've, all, I've heard great things about the city. And, you know, obviously I didn't get the 300 pounds by not eating. So I love to eat. So, you know, I, I'm excited to, you know, go around the city and, and, and try the food and, and really just, you know, try to understand the city a lot more. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to get up there. Um, it, you know, it feels good to be wanted. It feels good to, you know, to be appreciated. And so I'm trying to get myself right to go out there and, and, and give the fans what they deserve, some more wins.
0: My personal experience is I moved to Vancouver when I was 21 and was blown away by the Northwest. You know, it's it, the climate's very similar to here. So, you know, that's something you kind of have to deal with. It, it's never going to be particularly hot apart from certain times in the year, but it is an amazing place. I'm sure you will love it. I wonder what your... First impressions of the team are you know the people you've spoken to there have you had a good conversation with your defensive teammates you know what are your first impressions of the Seahawks
1: um well you know my first impression of the Seahawks was way before I even joined the Seahawks and the one thing I you know that is prevalent in this league is you know players that came from Seahawks and the one thing I would say that you need to look for is you know all the players that go back and I think that's a testament to who they are as well you know as coaches, as an organization, they, you know, players always come back to Seattle. And I remember just, you know, coming up in this league, they, people always say, Seattle's the best place for veterans. They treat their players well. They make sure your body's right. They take care of you. You know, and it's just, you know, I've never heard of a single player leave Seattle and be like, I hate that place. You know, and, and so that, that's exciting right then. Like, you know, you're going to a first-class organization right there, like, and then just, uh, you know, with the coaches and everything, just meeting everybody, just a level of optimism. It, it, it's contagious. It, it just feels like, you know, they got something up their sleeve, and it's just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to be good. Don't worry about it. Like, we got this. Like, And, and, and just the way that Pete kind of just, you know, for being the oldest coach in the league, you would never know. You know, I mean, he just has this youthful exuberance, this youthful energy that kind of just comes with them that gets you excited, you know? And, you know, honestly, for me, the thing I'm most excited about, obviously, is playing for Pete. And, uh, you know, Clint Hurt and, and, you know, playing for those guys. But, like, I've never played for a, a coach that wasn't a first-time head coach. You know, well, like, I did in Oakland, but I don't really consider that my second year. I can, I, I don't really consider that. But since I've, you know, really been playing, it's the first time I'm going to be under a coach that's not a first-time head coach. And so I'm excited just to, you know, learn. You know, it, it, I'm going to year nine. It doesn't mean I'm done learning. You know, it's just this game. You can always learn something from coaches, from players, you know, from anyone. So. It's just, I just get the, the, the vibe is just different up there, man, and I and I, and I really feel like I'm gonna fit in really well.
0: Yeah, I, and and when you know you are told, don't worry, you know we're we're gonna be good," you know, do you do you have to square a circle in your own mind though that the Broncos are a team that you know most people, most observers would say the Broncos are a team that is now you know in a great position to to challenge for a Super Bowl. The Seahawks are in a position where you know, they're transitioning, you know, they're going from some some well-established players who've been there for a while and it's going to be a new cast of characters so that are going to be leading the Seahawks moving forward. You know, do you have to think in your own mind, okay, there's nothing I can do about this, but let's make the best of this situation ultimately.
1: Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, they're, they're making decisions that they think are going to benefit the Seahawks. My, my job is to go in there and make plays. I'm going to have fun regardless. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day on end, and my thing is this, is don't sleep on Drew Locke. You know, I, I feel like, you know, with the coaches that we have and 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 the scheme that we run is, is going to really fit him, you know, very well. I Like, you know, if you listen to anything I've ever said about Drew, I've always believed in Drew. I think Drew is always, you know, he has the things you can't teach. When you have a rocket for an arm and you're mobile, you know, you can't teach any of that. You can teach any of this other stuff. And so I feel like with Drew and the right system, you know, with consistency from coaching, you know this might be a Drew Lock that you know Seattle's gonna love. So I, I, I just don't feel, you know, I hear the rebuild talk and that stuff, but I don't necessarily see it because I guess I guess most Seahawks fans don't know the players that we just brought in. You know, you got to brought in Noah; he's a deep threat. You know, what I mean, like you, you got a tight end that runs a four-four that automatically you know, stretches the defense out. They automatically got to worry about Noah going downfield. And then you have that power running on, you have that run game that Seattle's always prided themselves on. And then you don't play action off of that and, it, and it's over, you know? So it's all about, you know, just getting to work in together and, and gelling as a team and, you know, going to that next level.
0: Without wanting to put you on the spot too much, Shelby, if you if you've got a great Drew Locke story? You know, is there something that he did in Denver that, you know, wow, that, you know, that really impressed me that, you know, as the quarterback of the team, is there anything that sort of stands out for you?
1: Well, if you're talking about a play, and it's not even a play. I, I, man, that, so it's a couple of things. We're talking about play. Um, what was it, two years ago? Three years ago? What was it right before the COVID year, I believe, um, when Drew... Drew had that crazy game against Houston when we were in Denver and he he killed it. And that's the Drew Lock that people need to realize is there. You know, like, like then the man throwing throwing darts on the money and, and using his feet to get out the pocket and make plays. Like that that's what you want to see, you know, and, and that's what he can bring to the table. But then and then also I'd say another play that kind of sticks out is um the last game of the year last year when we played Kansas City and he was just getting loose with his feet. You know, I know people over here saying, oh, that kind of looks like Russell. You don't know, go going crazy, like, you know, moving, making plays with your feet, but that's what you gotta do. Sometimes you gotta extend the play. You know, sometimes you 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 need an extra second or two for your receiver get open. And that's what Drew's good at. So I just think that, you know, Drew could be the right guy for the job.
0: Now, a lot of people in Seattle, Shelby, are very excited because they kind of feel like there's, there's some Vic Fangio defensive influences coming with Clint Hurt, his, his backstory with, uh, with Vic Fangio and, and Sean Desai has come in as well. You know the Vic Fangio defense especially well. So, you know, what can fans expect if there are going to be some elements from this? What can you share with us about what makes this such an effective defensive scheme? You want to stop the
1: run and get after the passer and cause turnovers. Um, you know, this victory your defense, Vic, Vic, it runs a lot of zone. It was a lot of zone and his defense. And you can run man, but I feel like it's a zone-made defense. And so if you give the quarterback enough time, he will eventually, you know, find pockets. But we have, a, you know, we have deep DBs in Seattle. You don't even have a bunch of DBs. So this defense is actually friendlier towards them. And it makes it that, you know, that one year where Chicago's defense, when they went to the playoffs and lost that kick, their defense, remember they had like four pick sixes and causing fumbles, havoc and all that? That's what you need to expect. You know, and you brought, you bring, you know, you, got, you brought Q back, you got Puna, you know, you have myself. You have people that can rush the passer. And so that's really what you kind of need in this big fan of defense. You need to be able to rush the passer. You need to be, and you need to, you know, let your DBs eat and plays. So I just think, you know, it's obviously a defense I'm very comfortable in. I've been playing in it the last three years. And it's, it's, it's a very player-friendly defense, but also it does put a lot of stress on the middle linebackers. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a scheme where middle linebackers have to be able to cover in space and then also cover in space and hit the holes and, and, and be able to run stops. So, you know, I think, you know, our defense is pretty much made and, and, and then we have a bunch of draft pieces, so, you know, it's just only going to get better. This is only going to get better, but this defense is definitely—it's um, a fun defense to watch. It's going to make you know make plays. You know, you might give up a, a you know a good amount of yards, you know, sometimes, but it's all about forcing turnovers and and putting your offense in position to score.
0: And, and I'm definitely not an X's and O's guy, Shelby. So I don't I don't want to go too deep into the weeds on this. But can I can I just ask you? So y- the middle linebacker is a very important position then in this scheme, and the and you were saying it's it's more of a zone coverage. Um, because, you know, a lot of three-four concepts, they will use a lot of man, but this is mainly a zone coverage system, is it?
1: Uh, so, there's a lot of man in it, too. It just depends who's calling it. You know, there's a lot of plays where it could be man and a lot of plays where it could be zone. You know, you have a lot of zone blitzes, and, and it's... Um, the middle linebacker just has a lot of responsibilities on his plate, and I know, obviously, Clint's not going to call it how, how Vic did. Vic, Vic put a lot of a lot of pressure on the middle linebackers to, to be right. And, I, you know, just from what I've heard from the Chargers with Staley who runs the same scheme, and there's ways to make it a lot simpler. You know, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of see how, you know, it's funny because I actually started looking through the playbook. Um, but it's funny because, you know, it's just time to, you know, figure out what you want your middle linebackers to do. Um, you can put a lot on their plate or you can make it easier. But so, somebody's going to be hard for us. i going to be harder on the DBs. i it's going to be harder on the linebackers. You know, so it's, it's a matter of, you know, pick your poison. But, you know, from, from what I've seen and what I've heard, we have a bunch of smart individuals on this team who, who can retain this. If you can do that, you'll be very successful.
0: Yeah, One of the things we've been really looking forward, Shelby, with you in particular is the silks have needed some interior pass rush for a while. They've needed some guy that, that can get after it. You know, what, what are you going to bring? You know, on, a, on an individual level, what are we going to see from you on the field week to week?
1: Man, you're going to see me getting loose. You're going to see me with a big smile on my face, having a bunch of fun, getting pressure, batting balls, getting sacks, and, you know, making plays, celebrating my teammates, and just making this, you know, at the end of the day, this is a game, man. This is a game. So you got to have fun. You know, and the one thing about football, I always say is, you know, once football is over, it's over. Um, there is no pick up, put the pads on games where you're playing this set position again or you know, it's not basketball. It's not like beer league softball or anything like that. It's so when you're out there, you gotta go, you know, as hard as you can. You gotta play. Cause once it's taken away from you, it's over. You know, and, and so you're gonna see me loving my teammates, you're gonna see me loving this game, you're gonna see me playing with passion. You're gonna see me making plays, you know, because you know, I'm I'm playing football <laughs> and I'm playing football for a living and I'm getting paid for it. So you're not, you're not going to see me angry. You're not gonna, I'm literally the, one of the luckiest guys in the world. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun and, and that's what you want to see.
0: Uh, when, when you, the trade was completed, you know, so I can't remember which reporter it was, but he, he put out the, one of the things the Seahawks loved about you is they felt that you were, you, you could really offer some, some great leadership to the team as well. And I can kind of get that feeling, you know, just speaking to you here, but as you enter a new locker room now how do you establish yourself as a leader is it just being yourself is there anything that you can do to say oh look, i know i'm a new guy but i'm going to help lead this and, and take this forward
1: man you know at the end of the day the, the way you lead is by example um you know i i'm it's easy for me to talk to anyone i could talk to a wall if it would talk back you know you know what i mean but and so my thing is just be myself you know the one thing that people don't like is forced leadership is when you're trying to fake it, just just show them, be you. You know, when people find out I'm nine years in, then you know respect obviously comes with that too. You don't make it nine years into the league without having to go through some stuff and trying to, and having to grind. And you know, I feel like most people don't know my third year in the league. I wasn't on a team for 15 to 17 weeks. I was at home, you know, training, going for workout from workout to workout to workout to workout. I mean, it was in Dallas, Detroit, Tennessee, San Diego, like nonstop workout. Not getting signed. And then week 15, I signed with the, no, week 16, I signed with the Cowboys practice squad. I was there for two weeks. You know, I was there for like three weeks and I got cut and then I signed with the Broncos futures contract. And it's been, you know, it's it's been a storybook, you know, it's been a storybook, um, you know, role throughout uh, the whole time in Denver. So I've, I've seen adversity, you know, like I've, I've been down bad this week, you know, it's, the only way i can help is just through my experiences and trying to help other players not go down the path that i i you know i feel like it was preventable you know so you know it's not about leading it's just about being you and 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 bringing the guys along with you you know there's enough money in this league for everyone to get paid you know it's it's enough plays out on that field for everyone to make plays to take advantage of your plays and as long as we have that mindset that everybody eats, everybody eats, then we'll be successful. As long as we're in it for everyone and not just ourselves, no matter what the record is, you'll have fun. No matter what the record is, you'll you're build lifelong relationships with people that you probably would never. Yeah, I think about it, that's what you got to love about football. It's the same as a frat. If you really think about it, it's, you're, you're around a bunch of people who you probably would never have met before. You know, it's like forced interaction, but then you end up being some of your closest friends. And so this is, I, I try to just lead by being me and just, and just being present and, and just, you know, just talking to people, you know, and, and that's, I feel like, and just in life in general, you know, you walk into a random situation, you just be yourself, be you, you know I mean? Don't try to be anyone else because people will see frauds. And that's why I say nobody likes fake leadership. So I just try to be me.
0: Awesome. I, mean, I, 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 I want to watch a game right now, Shelby. You know, you, you've got me pumped for the new season already. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Listen, you've got a podcast yourself, um, the Shell Shock Podcast. Tell us about it. You know, what can fans expect if they go and check it out?
1: Oh, uh, man. So, pretty much. um, So, the reason I started the Shell Shock Podcast, or Brandon Chris is that I wanted to, you know, I'm one, I want to get into radio and I want to get into like, when I'm trying to, try to get into broadcasting after I'm done playing football. So, this is the way to set myself up for, you know, after football. I'm already thinking about what I'm gonna do after. But the Shell Shock podcast is really more of a, you know, unfiltered view, my views of, you know, sports and not just sports, but what's going around in the world and what's and what's, you know, life. And I just, you know, try to keep it as real as I can be. And and, and I know people always ask like. Or well, what's the sport like? What what does an athlete think about this situation? Or just like when I got traded, you know, one of our most listened to episodes was what how it happened and and where I was and my reaction to it. And you don't ever really get that from an athlete. You just see, oh, he got traded. You don't ever really get the raw footage of this. This affected my life. You know, this is just this is just moving name tags to a different team they just isn't mad anymore. like this is real i have a full family like you know so it's just trying to give a a different view of an athlete's mind and what and what, and what we think and i try to make sure i give you know all my guests uh you know they have charities or anything like that they want to promote and just try to you know it's never trying to paint anyone in a negative light it's about trying to uplift and and You know, I don't, we don't ever talk trash about players, and it's not like that, because that's not what the media needs to be, and I'm trying to show that, like, the media doesn't need to be like this. We can still uplift each other, and we can be critical of each other, but what you say to someone, what you say about someone, you should be able to say to their face, and I feel like a lot of these media people, they say all this stuff, you know, behind closed doors, and then when they see somebody, they smile on their face, and that's just not, that's not what, I, what I'm for, that's not what I stand for. So I want to be able to be a change in the media industry when it comes to sports.
0: So what's the big sporting um, issue or event that's in your mind right now? You know, what is, what is Shelby Harris thinking about in the sports world right now?
1: Well, it's, okay, there's a couple of things. Because, you know, obviously I'm really excited for baseball to start. I love baseball. Um, but then, you know, obviously for us, we had the, uh, uh, the college basketball championship yesterday. So I'm just thinking about how crazy that was. But then also, um, I don't know if you know, but then the center rolled his ankle the last like 30 seconds of the game. And if you watch the video, the floor gave out under him for him to roll his ankle. And so I'm sitting here just like, man, in the biggest time, the biggest 30 seconds of, of college basketball that, this whole year, you have you know, a stadium issue. You have a floor issue. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's crazy, because, you know, obviously, it was held at the Caesars Superdome, which is a football stadium. Obviously, we know basketball courts are put together and taken apart all the time. But it's just it's just, I don't know, it's very unfortunate for that to happen. And you hate to see someone who's one of their team's best players go out because of an error like that. And so, it's just, I can only feel for the man. I, I, I feel awful for the man. Like, it's just, especially because you feel like you would have won if you would have been in the game. So, you know, that, that's part of it. And then also just with football, what a crazy offseason, huh? Like, man, what a crazy offseason. So many trades. Like, I, I, it's becoming basketball. You know, you never, you've never seen trades like this happen before. You've never seen big pieces move like this nonstop. And,
0: I think we're in for an exciting time in all sports. It's been really exciting, hasn't it? You know, just sort of see what's ha- happening next. I'm, I must admit, I'm kind of wondering what the next domino to fall is going to be, Shelby, you know? And, and there's a lot of people talking about DK Metcalf for the moment, and you're thinking, what's, what, what is going to be? It, it feels like something else is going to happen. Doesn't it feel like something big is, is going to happen before the draft? That it's not just going to be a, a fortnight, three weeks of quiet news, and then a draft? I think,
1: no. I- I think Baker gets traded um, draft day. I think he gets paired with a draft, like, you know, they someone trades a load, like a third, fourth, fifth round draft pick for him, draft day, and that's when they get moves. Because I just don't see – because if you go past draft day, then you kind of lose a lot of value when it comes to a trade. Because then it's like you're trading next year's picks. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of you don't, know, you know, it's, you kind of lose value. So I, the biggest thing I think I can see happening is Baker getting traded. Uh both Baker Mayfield getting traded like
0: during like either right before or during the draft. Interesting. Interesting. So it just feels like it's you know it's too crazy an off season for it just to go quietly now into the draft. So we'll see what happens. Look, Shelby, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And if people want to check out the shell shop podcast, um, how how can they get a hold of it? Is it better to just follow you on Twitter and, and you'll post the links on there or is there a better way of, of finding it?
1: So you know, if you have an iPhone, it's on, it's on Spotify. No, it's on iHeartRadio. Um, it's on uh, the Apple Podcast. You know, you can look at it there. And also if you if you check out the Twitter account for Shell Shock, the Shell Shock Pod, you know, at Shell shock Pod. We post a link there every every we come out with an episode every Thursday. Um, we didn't come out with one last week. My grandma just passed, unfortunately. So I just, I had to take a week off just to kind of, you know, get my head right. But, um, you know, we post, we, we, we pretty much every Thursday, uh, we, we release episode, you know, and it's always something different. And it's always, relative, it's always relevant of what's going on today.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, when the Seahawks fans hear this and they listen to the Shell Shop podcast, they're going to have a new favorite Seahawks player, Shelby. It's been really great to speak to you. Just the the energy is palpable and I can't wait to see you playing for the Seahawks. So the best of luck with the trade and and everything moving forward. And like I say, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. You've been listening to The Rebuild with me, Rob Staten. Many thanks to Shelby Harris for his time. For more interviews and analysis like this, subscribe to the pod. Until next time, bye for now.